Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What is up, everybody? It's Kevin. And this is John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger. Ow! The podcast where we're taking a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Fight to survive! So, guys, we've made it to, like, the final act, the final showdown, final fight, whatever you want to call it. Fight. Um, Final round. Dukes is just, like, for the final time, evaded Helmer and Rollins, the MPs. He's in there. He's ready to to avenge Jackson's head stomping and honor his Shidoshi Tanaka's, like, dying wish or whatever. It's all come to this. All these years of military training, of ninjutsu training, have come to this moment. Now, inside, Black Dragon Guy, the bearded one, he's like ready just to straight up disqualify Frank Dukes. Oh, before, before we begin, we should give all of our people here in Houston and in Atlanta a cheers. Yes. With a St. Arnold beer. St. Arnold, local here in Houston, for those of you who never, if you're not wise to St. Arnold, get some immediately. This is the summer pills that summer we're enjoying. Pills, super trippy label. I from, love it. From St. Arnold. Uh, so here's to all of you six degreesers who are, <laughs> who are with us today. Thanks for joining. And without any further ado, yeah, here's cheers. to you, buddy. Cheers. Um, yeah, we got bearded guys ready to DQ Dukes for not being there. I think Lynn is saying he'll be here. I'm telling you who's going to be here. Then we get our featured gambler, well-dressed man. <laughs> he comes down with a wad of cash, sort of sticks it in the... I don't know why the judges are wearing geese, but I guess it's just tradition. Part of the uniform. Um, he stuffs a wad of cash in the guy's gi. It's never he's too like, late. He's like, no such thing as too late. And that's when Frank comes walking in like on cue. Always. And he's like, look, there he is. And our gambler, perfect comic timing, just like snatches the lot of cash back out. Uh, it's, it's a it's a brilliant <laughs> bit of comic timing. <laughs> it is as comedy in this movie goes. That's like top two or three moments of oh, like absolutely. genuine laughs. It's just it's a little bit of slapstick. It's a little bit of a of an amuse bouche before before the uh, <laughs> before the first course is served. So our opening semifinal bout is set to be Frank Dukes versus Paco, the Muay Thai fighter. That's right. That's right. Who. This guy playing Paco is like supposedly a legit Muay Thai champion. Yeah, no, he he looks legit. He looks like he knows exactly. He's got the stance down from what little from watching Kickboxer. He yeah, looks like he knows that's basically how to Muay Thai our knowledge. Play. Yeah, which that's fine. You learn a lot from movies, okay? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Paco's throughout the throughout the whole tournament has sort of had this demeanor of like um, I don't know, like 
He's, he's very, very serious. Stoic face. He's very serious. He kind of seems a little dirty at times. Like he's busting dudes' faces after they've sort of already been beaten. Right, exactly. Like picking fights with people when they're yeah. they're down for the count and he wants to keep going. So yeah, in, in, in an unexpected moment of uh, of sportsmanship, he kind of leans forward to like touch gloves. It's that, like an old school like wrestling yeah, trick. Like, let's touch gloves. And, like, yeah, uh, let's shake hands before we start here. And then of course, like just cheap shots Frank in the face. Yeah, he like he sort of sucker kicks him and then punches him in the face. Yep. And honestly, like this is sort of a Ray Jackson type moment because Dukes is stunned. He's down on one knee. And this is like, the first time Frank has experienced this. The whole. Kumite. Yeah, I feel like maybe maybe sumo guy, but he's never been had him hurt like for a before. minute. Not even. I don't think so. And honestly, Paco could have finished him. Oh, absolutely. He had the upper hand. He could have just pounced on him and punched him out. And that would have been that. Absolutely. But instead, he's like sort of jumping around, celebrating, playing to the crowd like every bad fighter. And if you let Frank get up, then because he's the star of the movie, you know where that's going. Maybe he sort of felt a little guilty about the cheap shot. I don't know. Mm, probably not. No. Nah, if you're the type of guy who's going to cheap shot, you're not going to yeah, hesitate you, you to finish feel, him. Yeah, you feel no uh, uh, regret about that after the fact. But whatever, he lets Frank recover, he get back up on his feet, and then it's basically all Frank, right? Yeah, well, there's. It, it's awesome to see like Muay Thai is all about the legs. It's all about leg strength and kicking to the core. It seems like, like oh, kicking yeah. guys like breaking ribs, ribs. Yeah. But yeah, you see, you see a bit of um, like kick swapping between the two and Frank, like egging the guy on, like bring it, bring it. Kick. He's like, yeah, let's just see, exchange rib kicks oh, and man, see awesome. who's, who's harder. That that's, that's a, a great bit of acting from Jean-Claude at that point to be like, come on, bring he's it. smiling oh, as yeah. it's happening. Yeah. It's pretty fucking bad. That, that's that, that harkens back to that, that training. Like he, he's used to taking that, that yeah, taking, taking those the body blows, beating, absorbing them, and just sort of taking it with a smile, and then returning them. And then one of the coolest, one of the coolest slow mo sequences is like you sort of get the the speed. You're supposed to get the implied speed of Frank's kicks as compared to everyone else's. Is that he like, uh, what's the guy's name? Paco. Paco. Paco kicks one time, and Frank kicks three, three times, times in the same span, which which looks great in slow mo. You're like, holy shit, that's fast. Uh, Van Dam was like explosive, just yeah. as an athlete. He, like the jumps, everything is like, yeah, it's such powerful, like his, yeah, his, legs his, and moves and everything. Yeah, his core and lower and lower body were insane. Grandma it, loves that, right? Oh man, Jimmy Sue, R.I.P. Uh, God rest <laughs> you in heaven. She she loved the she sweet loved JCVD buns. She loved that ass. She did. <laughs> she was all about some Jean Claude. She pausing and pointing out. She had like a, a yeah. She was. She was like, look at the definition. I'll never forget because the the remote control to her VCR <laughs> had been chewed to to like the last nub by my uncle's uh, pit bull bruiser. Okay, <laughs> and like to look at it, I mean, it it was like, how does this thing still work? But she would rewind it and pause it and be like, now look at his body. Look at the definition. Look at the definition. His muscles compared to, <laughs> and then she would and then she would point to Chong Lee. Now Chong Lee's got a good body, but he's not as chiseled. He's not as defined. Which means that he's probably not going to be as athletic. He's not going to be able to breathe as well. And she was laying it out for me. And I was like, am I in training right now? Am I being trained? She was training you for Kumite. Oh, man. Fuck. You missed your shit you're calling. Oh, man. If it's every five years, then we got one coming up in 2020. 
in 20. All right, that's good. I'll be 38. <laughs> You're just the right age for full contact. You're not yeah. too young. Yeah, I've come into my man strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Jackson or, or Chong Lee. Yeah, well, if I'm on the same training regimen as Jackson, then I'm good to go. Just the beer diet? Yeah, the beer diet. Wake up late. I feel like we never see Jackson eat solid food. Does he? I don't think he does. It's just straight bread juice. Yeah, it's bread juice. <laughs> well, beer is a superfood. Thank you, Egyptian. <laughs> thank you, Egyptian culture. We owe you. Uh, we owe you big time for that. So yeah, Frank gets back in the fight. There's the kick swapping, and then just Frank like lays him out. That's the end of that fight. Yep. And we're done. And uh, and at the end of that fight. As, I feel as like Chong Lee is watching this happen and thinking maybe Frank's going to lose. Like he has a look of happiness yeah. when Frank's was dazed. Every, they, they do a really good job of interjecting shots of Chong Lee and Frank's fights where he's like super into Frank losing the higher ground. But then when he gains it back, you really get the perspective that Chong Lee is pissed. He's not happy. He's maybe intimidated or concerned because because he I think that he thinks multiple times that Frank's down and out, but he's not. If you believe all the stories that they say about this movie, then then you believe that Van Damme was like instrumental in editing together the fight sequences in a way that made it make sense. Cause apparently this movie was filmed and then sat on the shelf for two years because the producers just like, God, this thing's a piece of shit. I and, mean, and it just sat there until Van Damme, I guess, came in and helped them recut the fight scenes to a, a something that made sense. Something that made sense. Now, look, to be fair, there are a lot of moments in this movie where the fight choreography defies all physics. Um, where <laughs> there, there are moments where someone punches one way and the face flies the other way or someone kicks one way and somebody else's body goes the wrong way. But as far as editing the sequences together and the timing of the yeah. music and everything... Like if Van Damme's responsible for that, like cheers to Jean-Claude, because especially for that to be your first yeah. time out of the gate and to be doing to know what looks not good, even your pay grade, I guess, on film. They paid him twenty five thousand dollars both to star and to I and guess, edit. edit. There are great stories about the movie Top Gun, which I don't know that we'd ever feature on this podcast, but just how hard it was to edit together the dog fighting scenes into something oh, that was coherent. I can't even imagine because they just had a bunch of footage of dog fights that that the navy had helped them film and they were like okay we need to make put these together in a fashion that you can tell what's happening jesus i never even thought about that because now you can do that in cg it's, yeah it's all graphics all they had was like pieces of footage and they're like well if we Damn. put this in front of that then maybe and then we intersect like interject someone saying something like i'm right on his tail yeah then, show, show then someone in the cockpit yeah but if you think about it it's like if you just have a bunch of fight footage but you need to make it compelling or Damn. need to make a narrative yeah yeah so kudos to van damme if it's true that he helped and if not edited which everyone seems to agree on yeah if not it's still commendable whoever there's a lot that. of stuff about this movie that's disputed but i don't think that van damme helping to edit is a disputed that, fact that doesn't seem like it would be far-fetched in fact it would make sense for if this movie was made for two million dollars or less that they weren't spending a lot of money on editing that whoever yeah. was editing would be like, Hey, Sean Claude, can you, I don't know, fucking help me. Like, <laughs> I need some help to make this. You wanted sense. this movie to get released. Yeah, I suppose it was his ticket. Maybe he was trying to pay for that first divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so now after the fight, we get a, a massive stare down at the end of yeah. that fight between Dukes and Chong, Chong Lee's pissed. Like, so Chong Lee's already looking past his semifinal. Oh yeah. Chong, Chong Lee's got the eye on the prize. He, he is, uh, he's already chalked it up. It's, it's another like 
mismatch completely. How did this guy? It's 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 it's, 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 it's yellow silky yeah, like pajama yellow, pants. Yeah, guy. golden pants or whatever. And I, I think I briefly remember him in one of the first. He might have fought one of early fights, and we and he might have been in the opening montage of like guys training. And then, but and then you never really see. He him was again. never a dude who was a memorable guy. Like I feel like it should have been sumo guy or it should have been. I don't know who else. Even even. Paredes or Paredes or the he was a more memorable dude right it would have been something that made a little more sense as as far as a character goes because those guys had an identity this is a nameless silken gi pajama pants guy and he's now that being said his moves were awesome like he probably was one of the best fighters of the lot that they had but still yeah it was like there had been nothing built of him that you could ever envision him winning the tournament and what a son of a bitch to be stepping in in the second to last match of Kumite with Mm -hmm. Chong Lee at this point um, and and you can kind of sort of guess what happens uh, in in the penultimate blow of the fight. The oh. the double. What do you call that one? <laughs> the recline. And the, I call it the wind and recline. The, he like he he had the dude basically beaten. That's your, that's right. That's your favorite move. He sort of late leans back on his torso, double elbow strike to like the face and the groin. It was awesome. The wind heel, and an awesome bad guy move. Yeah. To add insult to injury, then punches the guy, rendering him completely unconscious, directly into the forehead. Yeah, he's out. And then leans over and in some sort of sleight of hand move, we guess snaps, I guess snaps his, neck. his neck. Yeah. Or maybe, and I mean, maybe the punch to the face killed the him, but it seemed like the, the neck snap or was had, the move it, it had to have been but there wasn't like that cracking bone noise that we've had it earlier it was sort of like it was sort of the sound if you ever if you remember watching like <laughs> if you ever watch <laughs> professional wrestling is the sound of like a foot on the vinyl mat of a wrestling yeah. ring it was sort of just like this fabric on fabric like, almost sound yeah and he was dead and and so yeah we get this prolonged moment of of the ref who's next to useless in every scene he's in and <laughs> in every match he's in sort of checking Feeling to see if the guy's breathing he's not and but Chong Chong Lee like, sticks his hand out, and right? Chong Lee's like sitting there just watching, making sure, is he dead? If he's not dead, I guess I'll kill him again. Yeah, fuck it. What the hell, man? <laughs> Craziness. He does. He like gets off on killing the guy. I think so. He gets his juices going. But then he's sort of, he, there's a weird moment that he, Chong Lee sticks his hand out to the ref. Like, you, and help think, me get up or something, I felt like was the move. And then I, the ref helped him. And then he grabbed the ref's hand and threw it away. And I kind of like, got it as, lift my hand in the air in victory. But, but then he's the like, how dare like, you touch me? Also, yeah, it was a weird exchange. Again, I think it's 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 probably one of those situations where the ref was not sure what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't even know, but I I do love. It's just such a bad guy move, like oh. a heel move. Oh, it's terrifying. Everything Chong Lee does now, like he's gone full psychopath. The crowd's point. going wild for him. Yeah, they're like they're chanting Chong the Chong Lee chants and everything like that, and he's like fist pumping and jumping around and like. He just loves to make the crowd happy. But then the black dragon guys are like, well, this is not whatever. There's no honor in this or whatever this, the move at is. At this point, I I wondered to myself, what's at this point? What is Chong Lee's motivation for killing the guy? Because he's just a bad dude. But do you think it's it's like in order to win this, I need to get in the head of my opponent. And mm-hmm. if I can show Frank that I'm willing to kill and then actually say to Frank, you are next. Yeah, that's true. Is I mean, it, that could it, be it. Is it to like say, 
is it is an intimidation? I mean, I be what? what He's if like you, a thrill killer. I think he like gets off on it. But what if you were about to step into the ring with someone who is now twice a murderer? Yeah, with someone and he saying, stomped your friend's head, and he's saying no, and he probably meant to kill Jackson. Of in course. all likelihood, if Jackson had had such a thick friggin' skull, that brick breaking skull, I just that just occurred to me. You can't break his head; it's too thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It That's is the, like, it, like when he breaks the brick him. over his head. That I think is the thing. It's like oh, he's got like a whatever a he gave harder himself, than normal skull. He gave himself a pre-concussion. <laughs> <laughs> but um, dude, yeah, Chong Lee's awesome. The the black dragon guys sort of turn on him. Like yeah. they stand, they turn their back on him. Then the same crowd that and, was and when chanting Kevin, for him. And before, when Kevin's saying Chong Lee's awesome, he's not meaning what a great human being. He's saying he's doing some badass acting around. Yeah, him. no, he's like just an awesome, awesome villain. He, yeah, he is he is a WWE. I love heel. I can really appreciate a good villain. To me, I love it when a it's fun when a villain is like reveling in just how evil he is. Yeah. Like um, Sensei Crease from Karate Kid yes. gets me, or or Darth Vader. Yeah, just having just fun like, with it. He's he's evil and he knows it and he likes it. Yeah, you know I um, like that. Yeah, I'm on board with that too. So yeah, then we get we get sort of a uh, <laughs> incredulous look from Chong Lee, like, uh, oh, fuck what? you guys. What? 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 He sort of throws his hands up, like, whatever. Fuck you. F you guys. And then, and then points right at Frank and says, "You are next." Yeah, he comes at Frank. It's it's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. But then we get like, so it's all been coming to this, obviously. Right. Someone's got to stop Chong Lee. If not Frank, who? Final round. They prepare the, yeah, the prepare the platform for the final now, match. Now, for those of you who've gone and done your homework and listened to these last few episodes, you've heard us. Uh, reference the black belt article from Circo. I don't know what year that was. 80, I think. 1980. The fucking crazy black belt article in which Frank says first round of fights was like on sort of a, a square mat. He says like 12 by 12 mat. And the then, second fight was on a narrow like kind of runway. Like yeah, three like, feet wide well, this, and but long. He said, he said but the, with the sides raised. So like the final okay. round the final round mat for, the second for round? Bloodsport is, is round two from the from the black belt interview. So he said it's that, but he said it was like super narrow, but like long. Narrow. So it's like 12 there was by no way he's, and yeah, he's saying, he's saying basically you couldn't avoid each other. 12 by four feet. So it's like a runway, like a literal yeah. runway. Yeah. And then his description <laughs> of final round is we fought on a rooftop with like Spanish tile and the tiles were loose and, and, and the space was, and the space was the like three by three. That's, that's when he lost me. It is, it is, insanity to think that two grown it's like and you stand on a space no bigger than three is either three by three or four by four yeah it was, it's yeah. like what what are you talking about why would that be the final that sounds like something from a bad movie or a video game i think frank was one of the great film writers that never had a career <laughs> but so thank goodness for us they're not fighting on a dark rooftop at night or whatever they're fighting in the oh my god but they do raise the platform which is dope yeah. um so, yeah, the platform, I think, is altered just because it makes for more drama. Like, mm -hmm. you can't you can't really run away from your opponent. Like It creates more angles. Yeah, just, I like it. Yeah, I do, too. In the pre-fight goings-on, we see Chong Lee's trainer slipping him what looks like an Alka-Seltzer tablet. <laughs> it really does. I've heard other people say that it was, like, salt. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Salt like, or chalk, even. What it, but, yeah, just some, something that would go in your eyes and, and jack you up, I yeah, guess. Just like, so he's like... Although yeah. we don't know what he's going to use it for yet. We just right. know, like, this must be Is something that a dirty. Pill? Is it drugs? <laughs> Is that drugs? Yeah, we see that both both fighters are now wearing shorts. Yeah, Sean Lee drops his pants, and he's got Jackson's Harley Davidson bandana tied around his Son knee. Son of a bitch. That's one of your favorites, though. That's like a, oh, that's like a total villain it's such a It is such a taunt, like, a, you're going to psych your opponent out. It's oh. pretty freaking awesome. And we also see at this point a, a great overhead shot. You you are finally uh, privy to the the carnage that's all over. The, the mat has never been covered in more blood. It's like yeah. it looks like an animal was massacred on it. Finally, um, it's like blood sport. You know what? They step to each other face to face. They're like sort of having their showdown. And that's when Chung Lee's like. You broke my record. Well, but he, and I love that he like stops the ref. He He's stops like, stop the what guy. you're doing. He's like, he wants to talk to Frank. He's like, you broke my record. Now I break you like I break your friend and points to the bandana. And it's just like, it's like he, is, he is really hung up on that knockout record. Oh, man. Yeah. Chung, Chung Lee was was here for the gold and Frank was the fly in the ointment. But man, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, you know, Frank's going to win. Yeah. But you really believe that Bolo is unbeatable. I was I was exp- honestly every time I ever watch this movie, I think from the first time and, and still probably sometimes I watch this and I'm thinking that it's going to be more of an even fight. But right out of the gate, like Frank's sort of whipping that ass. It, it he does. It doesn't he seem like it's gonna his be, ass. Doesn't seem like it's going to be close. They go to it like he, he lands some sort of kick right off the bat and stuns Chong Lee, who throws the referee in the middle. Yeah, and then Frank uses that guy as like he a springboard. Vault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he springboards off and kicks Charlie down again, and then he helps the referee back up because he's just that good of a guy, this Frank. And and then you 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 notice after you see Frank utilizing kicks, a kick heavy attack mm-hmm. for most of this fight, that his his advice to Jackson is completely lost on him. <laughs> he he is not. Yeah. He's not. He's like Charlie's weak in the gut, and he's, he's like, like. But then he's just going strictly headshots yeah just just kicks to the face which is effective. working it's fine. yeah um but he's ignoring his own advice um chong lee sort of starts to fight back he a does get bit. yeah he gets a little bit of like momentum going he's, he's like sort of win. beaten him a little bit and it seems like okay maybe you know whatever maybe he's gonna he's gonna beat frank <laughs> but i guess i guess at the you know trying to keep the the movie to a very trim length that this fight was not long and no. so you, immediately after chong lee starts to you know sort of punch his way back frank is like got him at the brink of defeat he's got he's like about to be there chong lee sort of doubled over he's got him yeah he's got him beaten essentially that's when chong lee goes to the, his his alka seltzer he goes to his alka seltzer alka seltzer to the rescue <laughs> i would have loved it if he'd like whistled that or hummed it that <laughs> throws it in. the thing is this is blatant in front of everybody. Everyone and there's like, all right. So ostensibly, there are a couple of rules in Kumite. One is you can't use a weapon. You can't bring a knife or a gun because we're going to see that. Yeah. The second, the second one is no foreign substances should be in the ring. I yeah. think those are probably the only rules. That's like the. I feel like that is literally the only rule. You may not weaponize is, a substance. Is it's hand to hand? It's bare knuckle. Yeah, that's it. You can gouge a dude's eyes or punch them in the balls or so yank yeah. their hair. If everyone in the room sees you cheat, what's what's the protocol? And at, it seems like no one notices. 
Or they just, or, or, or they notice and they let the fight continue. Either way, it's weird. How that didn't warrant stopping the fight is beyond me. Anyway, at this point, it becomes very one-sided. Like, Chong Lee's basically beating his ass. Yeah, I mean... Frank's just swinging blindly. Yeah, absolutely. You feel bad for him a little bit. Well, I mean, because I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation where literally you could die. Yeah. And suddenly you can't see. And uh, I don't know. But again... And this is where maybe the number one rule of, of all 80s and 90s action movies comes into play is never stop to gloat. Never yes. stop to gloat. And hubris here is the is the. It's crazy. Chong Lee pulls a page straight from Ray Jackson. He starts celebrating the win. He like sort of kicks kicks Frank's leg out from under him and he falls on his butt and he's like, I got it. And he's running around fist pumping and yelling, and, uh, like literally screaming. We hear like an animal, like squeal, like it a, is, like a loud, high pitched yeah. scream. It's like terrifying. He's very fired up to be back to back Kumite champ. I, I don't know. I, I get that though. Would yeah. you be if, if particularly now, with the adrenaline of murdering is someone? the writing on the wall, like this fight ends if with, he wins, it ends with Frank getting killed. Absolutely. He's not going to, like, not kill him. Frank dies at the end of this. If Chong Lee is going to come out the victor, Frank is not walking out of the arena. So he's just biding his time, basically. It's like, yeah. It's like, a yeah, he yeah. I think he's all about it. And we get these amazing images of Van Damme just screaming, like, primal yells. Those are sweet. That's slow motion slow yells motion. and stuff. Van Damme, he can't talk for shit, but he can, like, be pretty expressive with his face. Yeah, he, we were talking about this the other day that he's he's at least early on suffered from a similar itis as as Arnold and that is he's got he, he can emote he can do the thing but the voice was like he's it was like a cursed with a heavy accent that you yeah. can't shake right Arnold to this day have we on. ever seen like a French actor drop the accent effectively there are a couple um they're not on the same level and I can't remember the cat's name he was in he played the uh, the cat burglar um, in Ocean's 12. Oh, Vincent Casal. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's awesome. He can drop the accent. Well, I've never seen it. Can, I don't know if he can drop it, but it's not a hindrance to his act. He's a fine. Yeah. Actor. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's yeah. a fine actor. And can act in, a, in English in a second language. Exactly. Yeah. English is a second language acting. <laughs> like it, it's not a big deal. Like he, he is charming and like he, he bring the accent is actually, I feel uh, like every British person can like do an American accent. I can't do a very good anything accent, really. I, I think you could find it. I think you shortchange yourself, Kevin. <laughs> I'll have to work on it. I have to find a Shidoshi. I think that any of these, any of the lines from this movie, you can deliver like pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah I've got it. You've got the accent. Okay. Now. I've so, got the touch. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got Duke swinging blindly, Chong Lee prematurely celebrating, and and inexplicably, Frank has maybe about a full minute to sit there and scream while Chong Lee walks around. Yeah, and Frank uses the time wisely. Before, yeah, he suddenly remembers his training. He's like, oh, shit, wait, I trained blindfolded. I've done this, guys. I wish that he'd yell that. Hold on, wait. I've done this before. <laughs> and, and we have a blind tea service karate chop moment. Yeah, and that's when Frank like starts his miraculous comeback. Um, the only thing that was missing was a split. In all honesty, no, there was a split when he high jumped over uh, him and he did the split. That was split number but seven. I, but I mean, I mean, split number seven. Oh, in the flashback, just, just there in the flashback, it would have been awesome yeah. if he just gone ahead and gotten into a split to yeah, sort of just, center himself. <laughs> that's how he preps. Um, now this 
there's this moment I can't ever unsee it, but like his hair, Van Damme's just alternates between being soaking wet and perfectly dry back and forth in this yeah. final yeah. portion of the fight. You just kind of drink. You had to live with that. Uncle Newton's doing the best he could. Another moment that defies all logic. So, so Frank starts to, while he's blind, beat the crap out of Chong Lee. And there's this very dramatic sequence of windmill kicks. He does Which, like four or five. And there's certain angles where it doesn't appear these are landing. No, they're not landing. Yeah. He's missing. Chong Lee is ducking. He's ducking them. But what I'm I think they're supposed to be landing, right? No. I no, think he, they're I, no. supposed to be missing? I think, I think that it's supposed to just be like super acrobatic and Chong Lee can't like, he can't attack. He can't like, all he can do is dodge, which doesn't make sense. You have plenty of time. You could like jump for that unprotected leg. Yeah. Nut punch him. Jump it. Yeah. Like what? You're going to stop cheating now. No. Yeah. At this point he was just like turtling up. He was like in full defensive mode. Especially mystifying. No one knows why. Um, but yeah, finally Frank just starts landing punches, kicks left, right. He gets the yeah. bread basket. He, he's got Chong Lee where he wants him. He gets him down. He's like jumps on him and starts twisting his neck. He's like, and, and, but then, and then also blind but then, face. But, then, but also, yeah, like looking around like he doesn't know where Chong Lee is. He's you've got his head <laughs> in your hands. And he's like, he's sad, looking around. He's sad. overacting. He's overplaying the blind card, which even if you just like. Like looking right at him, like you, I don't know. That part kind of it bugs me. you. Yeah, I, I can live with that because he's looking up and around. I know exactly like, what you mean. Sad, it is very sad. like it is very obvious. He's trying to like, do a thing. Like you are actually holding his head in your hands, and yeah, maybe that was Newt's direction. Look around, like you can't like, see. Is make it obvious that you're still blind. Oh, Whatever yeah, it is, I get it. So, but anyway, long story longer. Chong Lee says, Mate, Mate. Which I guess is somehow more more humiliating than just getting beaten. Oh yeah, you think? Oh yeah, like in MMA, I think that it's it's worse to tap out than it is to just get knocked out completely. Yeah, or or you quit it's, versus it's, it's you. More, yeah, it's, it's more humiliating in like a like a boxing match for your trainer to say to throw in the towel. I mean, that's why it's like you'd rather get knocked out than for someone to throw in the towel. There's nothing great about throwing in. The you towel. brought this up just before. What was Dukes gonna do if Chong Lee didn't say Mate? Yeah. What do I, you think? I think he punches him and knocks him out. He's not gonna kill him. He's not gonna break his neck. No, he's too that's not Frank's pure he's too, for that. He's too honorable. Okay. I, think, I think he punches him He'd and knocks him out. Punch him or choke him out, or he beat him short of killing him. Yeah. Okay. I, I, he, I agree. Yeah, I think he puts him to sleep or he punches him in the temple and puts him to sleep somehow. <laughs> he does the demak on him, but he goes to sleep instead of to dead. So that's great, I guess. Janice and the and the Helmer and Rollins are like couldn't be happier. Yeah. Janice j- stops just shy of, of Allie running running in the ring and jumping on Daniel Russo. Oh, Russo. I love it. The big hug. Oh, I love Karate Kid. Yes, man. Um, oh my god. So the, good. Our Kokurukai guys, they do a sword presentation, give Dukes a katana. Frank wins his own katana yeah so now he's got two swords two swords yeah why not deep in swords um so yeah we talked about it before so we presume tanaka's katana came from having one akumite one time Mm -hmm. okay or even if it was a family heirloom passed down it could be whatever i think that he i think that he won akumite and i think that the the whole like in the 50s or 60s or something yeah i think the whole premise behind the movie like even shingo was like my dad, I think that it's you sort of presuppose that that Tanaka was a badass at that time before mm-hmm. before everything went to shit. 
oh yeah absolutely country is that he was he was the guy to beat and that he had his time in the sun and then world war ii happened and then he had to get the hell even out of in the dodge. training sessions i got the impression that if tanaka really wanted to beat frank he uh, might have been able to do it you know, like killed him yeah even when Frank was fully trained, no, he would I feel like, yeah, as an old man, as an old man. Yeah, he's a badass. No question. Tanaka would have manhandled him. So now we're back at the in hotel. Fact, I, th- I think that if 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 Tanaka was in fighting shape, even at his age, could probably like destroy Chong Lee. But that's I think so, too. I think. All right. I love it. I'd love to see it. Me, too. It would be amazing if he showed up. Frank was incapacitated and Shenzo won Kumite. But so now that it's Kumite is one, it's time to go back to the hospital to let Jackson know that, like, I did it. So this is like literally the next day after he got his head stomped and the doctor said, like, he'll be able to go in a week. Yeah. Don't forget that Jackson has a fractured skull, probably. Right, like brain swelling or brain damage or... And a collapsed windpipe. Did Jackson always have, like, crossed eyes? Yeah. Okay, I definitely noticed it heavily in this final scene. You can go back to Revenge of the Nerds, and Donald Gibb has sort of a, like, a a strabismus (laughs) situation going on. Okay. Um, And, uh, and... You can see it's like throughout this movie, but it's never clearer than in these like close ups of him. And good job with, I guess, the little bit of bruising makeup on his. Yeah, they did some makeup to make him look look like he was a little bit worse for wear. But he's chugging beer. He's in the hospital bed chugging beer. Where did that beer even come from? Who brought him that beer? Frank definitely slapped a nurse on the ass and said, go bring me some some beer. beer. Even in this moment, which is cheesy. Donald Gibbs performance is really good. It's, like when he's like anytime, anywhere. It's it's, an, Ara- it's an Aragorn Boromir moment. <laughs> yeah, they're like it's it's like heartfelt bro on bro, like like fraternal love moment. They're like real. hugging it out. Van Damme is like, I love you, my friend. Yeah. Which is an awkward and delivery. And he gives but him like a little kiss on the forehead. And oh, he like, gave him back yeah. the bandana. Yeah, and he gives him back the bandana. Next time you fight, try to keep your clothes on. It was like that was the moment that put Jackson over the edge. There was some, it was he mit, he loved that bandana. Well, but but he also like that that moment with them was like super heartfelt. Yeah, and I, and I actually do. I appreciate uh, Gibbs' delivery of those lines anytime, yeah. anywhere. He can act. Like, he can yeah. act better than Van Damme anyway. Oh man! But I mean, it's just like I believe. I was like, damn man, yeah, heartstrings tugging. tugging. Yeah. So then I guess we're back at the airport now. Helmer and Rollins Helmer are like... Helmer and Rollins are standing around. Standing around like, oh, this friggin' Dukes, he's, with their, he's got us again. With their Dukes in their hands, waiting <laughs> waiting on Frank to show up to They're the like, airport. They're like, I told you he's not going to show, or whatever it was. And then, of course... Frank, who's, who is perpetually and notoriously late for everything, <laughs> yeah. is already on the plane. <laughs> and he's like, hey, guys, come on, you're always late. Oh, my God. The guys, and then they're like, oh, these that's the, Frank. These are you the son of a gun, you got us again. And, uh, we're still not sure what Frank ever did for the U.S. government. I know. He's like, all we can tell is that he went AWOL. And, and if, if in real life Frank's story is to be believed, he was like just some secret agent. We've talked about this in previous Yeah, previous he's like, I don't have a military record because I was always like doing covert undercover, shit. Undercover, you guys. Oh, wait. The final moment of the film, of course, is like... Somehow Janice is on a on a United bus, like somehow? taking her out to the tarmac. Somehow she did favors to get on that yeah, bus. She did. <laughs> she just uses it. She said, if you'll drive me out to the tarmac, I'd love to get to know you. <laughs> so she's there just to sort of wave goodbye. Well, does the, the hand gesture, which I'm not even sure where she got that. She from. does. She, she, Frank. Yeah, Frank, it's like a hand and a fist and bow. Yeah, sort of a bow, sort of a salute to Frank for his win and for their brief um, sexual time together. 
together. Then the, then they give us like quote unquote facts about Dukes's life. The motion picture is based upon true events in the life of Frank W. Dukes. Mm-hmm. Including the weird records like fastest knockout, what, 56 well, consecutive so knockouts? From, from 1975 to 1980, Frank W. Dukes fought, and we, we assume that this is cumulative career because it says he's re- he retired, that he fought 329 matches and retired undefeated as the world heavyweight and heavyweight is two words sick okay. heavyweight full contact <laughs> kumite champion and then he holds he still holds four world records mm-hmm. which were fastest knockout yeah 3.2 seconds which based on his his interview seems okay whatever sure and what we saw in the movie that could maybe happen if, if that fight with Gomez had happened, it would be 3.2 seconds. Exactly. And here's where we start to get into some absolute craziness. Fastest <laughs> punch with a knockout, 0.12 seconds. I don't even know what that means. How, I mean, how What that could mean from the start time you start punching to the time you hit the guy. Yeah, is, or, or is it I punched him and the fight ended? Like, I don't even know. I don't know what it means. So fastest kick. And I, I love to imagine him describing, no, no, no. It's like if I punch the guy and then the fight ends. And they're like. What? So, but how long did the fight last? Well, the fight was six minutes, but mm. but I punched him and he was down in point one two seconds. It's like okay, um, fastest kick with a knockout, seventy two miles an hour. Suddenly we switched degrees of comparison. Exactly. Um, of course. And and in the in the interview, Frank goes on at length about how the room was done up like a studio, and there were cameras speed cam like like cameras right all high over the speed room. cameras high to speed cameras to capture everything in slow motion so they could really determine the speed and everything like this and it's like dude first of all i don't know that that's how that even works but second a, of all a radar gun can't pick up your the speed, speed of, of your kick? kick i don't know i don't either i I, I don't Tweet know us let us know if that's the thing so much of dukes's story feels like complete fabrication like when you the start reading the particulars, work. any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how old he is or anything like that, but yeah, he claims that he was like doing secret spy shit during Vietnam. Well, according to military records that do exist, he never left, left the country, he never right? Left the country. Yeah. He, he apparently fell one time cleaning a plane and, um, was at one point, uh, recommended for psychiatric evaluation by his superiors because they're like the guy is delusional he just like lies all the time he just makes up stories about how he's yeah. on some secret mission and then and then he shows I think up. he was in I think med- I think military doctors yeah. found that to be the case yeah that he was completely delusional yeah and so here's this guy and we're talking early 20s like late teens early 20s serving during vietnam never saw combat and then starts to build this legend which is a common thing for people that suffer from uh like narcissistic yeah, disorder course, yeah. borderline personality disorder they start to create this legend about themselves like this narrative that makes sense to them because it's it's the only way that i can validate my <laughs> existence and so uh, he yeah he was talking about because the black belt article was at 24 and mm-hmm. everything that had happened in the, 
everything that had happened in blood sport was supposed to have happened by the time Frank Dukes was 24 having this interview. Yeah. So that's just bonkers to me. He has like these photos of himself holding a trophy and all this. He's like, look, here's my trophy. He claimed that his Kumite didn't happen in Hong Kong, but in the Bahamas. Right. Um, but which sounds a lot like Mortal Kombat. Then some years later, I guess when the movie came out, the Los Angeles Times was like, we were we're going to figure out and get to the bottom of this because this doesn't seem right. quite right. Even the Black Belt magazine article said, like, we can't really prove or disprove these claims. So take them as you will. Right. But um, we, they said we've done enough. We've done as much research as we could and everything sort of corroborated. Yeah. The but so L.A. Times, I guess, pretty quickly realized that the trophy that he claims is this, like Kumite trophy was made in in Southern California. Right. Um, that guys that he called out is like, these guys are my witnesses that will tell you everything is true. Like his prime witness, the guy who I guess they based the Jackson character right. on in theory, he was a guy who went to high school with Frank Dukes in California and he was claiming to like be from Philly and he was like a great amateur wrestler and great street fighter. And that's how he wound up at Kumite. But then when they pushed him, they're like, Hey, well, yeah, we got your high school like wrestling coach on yeah. the phone and he we doesn't were, remember you. Yeah, we were looking for you in the yearbook. And they're like, and oh, well, the and they're like, yeah, there's no picture in the team photo from the wrestling team. And he's like, well, I was absent on the day that the photos were taken. And they're like, yeah, but we got all four years of your yearbook and there's just no reference of you in any year ever being at that school. And he's like, well, look, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Frank's my friend. Frank's my friend. And I don't care whether what he says is true or not. He like, says, I he like says, if he says it, it's true and it's good enough for me. Yeah. So basically, I guess he's like, look, yeah, I'm lying to try to support what he says, but I don't really give a shit. What a mess. I mean, what do you want me to say? Basically, <laughs> um, then for his part, Dukes like calls the L.A. Times piece is like a hatchet job and oh, yeah. to slander him and and make him not be believed because he told so many secrets. He says that that people that he cannot name, if you go to his website and I encourage you all to do so, if you just look up. Frank Dukes and and just in a Google search, you'll find it pretty quickly. Um, Frank Dukes website, I think is what I Googled, but you'll find it. And it's like his homepage is one long scrolling bio. And in that he talks <laughs> like he, he says, I can't name names here, but you know, people that try to discredit my career are, you know, unnamed entities in the ninjutsu community. He's who, definitely who are trying like, to corner, trying to corner the market. He's got like delusions of persecution oh, and everything man. else. And like he's too, a, it's like people, people are always out to get you. It's like, it's yeah. Conspiracy theories at, at every turn. Um, whether, whether the story is true or more likely not true, the movie is badass. The movie is classic. The movie will stand the test of time. Jean-Claude yeah. is a national treasure for Belgium. For Belgium. Not for us. <laughs> not I for feel us. like, yeah, none of it be, I mean, every movie, Fargo, you know, remember they had like a thing, it's based on a true story. And they were like, yeah, we just thought that'd be cool to put on the front. Yeah. Like, it's like, whatever. Who a cares? good story is a good story. Um, and this, this is a badass movie. Yeah, it was. And and it spawned an entire generation of video games, of movies. Uh, you've you've heard us talk about a few of those Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Probably yeah. the two most iconic video game, two of the, of the most iconic video games of the 1990s. And of any I feel like game. it also like helped to revamp the genre of, of, of like of, martial arts. Oh, flicks. Totally. Because there had been like the Chuck Norris early 80s boom. But then I feel like the genre had sort of died out. 
I remember tuning into like access channels on cable as a kid and seeing like on USA, like late night Kung Fu flicks and stuff like yeah. that. There were, I loved that Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and all those guys. And and then Bloodsport followed on the heels and it, yeah, it did, it, it did a lot to revitalize that, put it back on Van Damme sort of single handedly, like made that into a genre that you would see in actual big screens, not oh, yeah. just straight to video anymore. Yeah. You'd, you'd see it again in cyborg and, and, other movies that he was in. We won't mention the street fighter movie. I don't think we'll ever, that was that terrible. One. We'll pretend like it never happened, but I, I am lobbying for someone to, to redo street the, fighter. Yeah, it could be good, right? Well, that should TV, be good. The animes are incredible. I haven't seen them. You should watch the anime. Anime is okay. good. Is that on Netflix or somewhere? Mm, I can see easily. You could probably watch it on YouTube. Yeah. All right. We'll try to find it. We're going right. to sign off and try to. Find We're going to have a <laughs> crack open a couple more beers and try to watch this shit. We're going to drink some more St. Arnold. Um, first, we're going to cheers to you guys for listening to Six Degrees. Yeah, and, we made uh, it to the finish line. That's right. We made it. You made it to the end of the Kumite. You survived. <laughs> you fought to survive, and we appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it so much, guys. You have no idea. And you guys should uh, tune in soon. We're going to have some more 80s and 90s movies coming at you. There's no, there's an endless supply of these movies, and, and we've seen them all. We could go on, uh, and we're going to, whether you want us to or not. <laughs> so, uh, All right, guys. Goodbye. Good night. Good luck and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll be back. Bye.